and welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. This is a uh, second part, the second part to a two-part series on addiction. Those of you who are here in Wayne County understand the phrase that we said last time, we have an epidemic, as describing our current situation. Drug addiction dominated the headlines in 2017 and continues to be an ongoing problem here in 2018. And in the last episode, we talked about drug addiction as primarily a worship disorder. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. And that's really what addiction is. When we are addicted to anything, we're making a value judgment. We are saying that we think something is valuable and we desire that thing or else we desire how that thing makes us feel. And when I'm addicted, I am worshiping that thing or that feeling. And ultimately, The goal for the addict and the goal for the non-addict as well, really, is to replace our worship of false idols with worship of the true God. Only in that is there true freedom. Now, I'm going to be very intentional and very specific in, in what I'm about to say, and I want you to catch this. The only satisfying and completely effective solution in fighting addiction is a theological solution. Let me clarify a little bit further here, okay? I affirm that non-theological solutions can address symptoms. And I also acknowledge and affirm that non-theological solutions can exchange one form of worship for another form of worship. But genuine and lasting freedom only comes through Jesus Christ. Now, with that reality being affirmed, it's important to know, really, as we get into this conversation today, the the status of the Christian. This is going to be helpful in framing the entire conversation. What do I mean by the status of the the Christian? Well, I want us to look at a verse in Romans chapter 6. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Romans 6.14 says this about being a new uh, creation in Christ. It says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. Now, this is not an imperative. It doesn't say, don't let sin have dominion over you. It's a statement of fact. Sin will have no dominion over you. In other words, as a believer in Christ, you have a different relationship with sin than you had when you were an unbeliever. Whereas when you were apart from Christ, you were enslaved to sin. Now that you are in Christ, if you are, you are free and no longer a slave. So the challenge of the Christian is is in this. It is to get your I am to line up with your I do. In other words, act like who you are. You are free in Christ from sin, so act like it. What I am highlighting here is the fact um, that unbelievers don't have the ability to find freedom from sin because they are still slaves to sin. But believers do have the ability to find freedom from sin because of who they are in Christ. What I'm trying to say is that being in Christ allows you to fight sin. Being an unbeliever inherently prevents you from having the ability to fight sin. So, if you are not a Christian, 
the beginning point to fight addiction is to repent of your sin and believe in Christ. I did spend four episodes on defining the gospel message, and I encourage you to go back and listen to those. You cannot and will not find ultimate freedom outside of Jesus Christ. So at this point, kind of from here on out, I'm talking to the person who is redeemed, who is in Christ, because you have hope of freedom. Once you are a believer in Christ, I want to suggest that we will fight addiction on two fronts. The first one is this, it's guard your heart. And the second one is this, build fences. Now I'm going to deal with the latter first, and then we'll come back to the former. And so when I say that we should build fences, what I mean is what we find in two passages. Uh, There's more, but I'm going to highlight two of them. Matthew 18, verses 8 through 9, Jesus says this, And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown in the hell of fire. Now, the second passage is Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. One of my friends says that when you're fighting sin, sometimes you just have to put the cookie jar out of your reach. And that's true. And that's what these passages are talking about. You have to do some radical things if you're going to deal with your sin. We should not make any provision to sin. So fighting on this front, this building fences, would uh, include things like avoiding areas in which you're tempted to seek out a drug dealer, okay? Or maybe changing your phone number and deleting your social media so your past contacts can't find you, the, the contacts that may tempt you. Uh, it may involve moving to a new home so that the dealer doesn't stop by every day. It involves finding an accountability partner to check in with you who can be just totally brutally honest with you. It may involve installing an internet filter on your computer and your phone. Some of you listening to this right now, by the way, are addicted to pornography on your phone. And if you do not have the ability to filter your phone in some fashion, you need to get rid of it. And I realize that when I say that, that sounds impossible for you. But do you really value your phone more than your character? That's how you're acting if you refuse to do what it takes to get freedom. But there are two fronts, I said, to fighting sin and addiction specifically in this context. That's the second one, building fences. The first one is more foundational and more important, and it's guarding your heart. So here, what I'm talking about is uh, changing the very things that give your heart satisfaction uh, and delight and this impulse to worship. So kind of, I want to bring these two, I'm going to come back to the heart thing in just a second, but I want to kind of bring these two realities together for a minute here. If we build fences, but we still want to get around those fences, we will find a way to get around those fences. I recently attended a community forum uh, on the opioid epidemic here in Orville, and uh, the discussion was really only about building fences. And one of the issues that they were discussing was how do we deal with underage drinking? And one of the solutions proposed was that parents should lock their garage refrigerators so that the kids can't get into them and uh, get the alcohol. Now, I'm not going to comment on drinking in general. That's a topic for another day. I'm just, all I'm using this illustration for is to observe how the world is trying to address dealing with uh, addiction and uh, sin issues. 
Um, what kind of a world would that be like to live in that kind of world? He, he, my, my point here is that locking refrigerators does nothing to change the desires of the heart. You still want it even if you can't get it. What, 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 would, what would it be like to live in a world where you wanted and craved drugs and you wanted and craved extramarital sex and you wanted and craved to browse social media all day long and you craved looking up pornography and you wanted, 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 but you had all these fences up and you couldn't get any of it. If you do not have a corresponding change in what you want and in what you desire and in what you value, you're going to be living in a prison full of fences that say you want this, but you can't have this. And this is where the hope of the gospel is so valuable. It fundamentally changes you by changing something different then the world has the ability to change. It changes you on the level of your desires so that you long for God and not pretend idols. Jerome, a priest from the first century, makes this observation about his experience uh, with dealing with sin through only a stern discipline. Basically, uh, he's, he's trying to build fences. He goes out into the desert uh, to get away from anything that would tempt him. And I'm going to read to you um, uh, about a paragraph here of a quote from what he says about this. Uh, He says, quote, Oh, how often I imagined that I was in the midst of the pleasures of Rome when I was stationed in the desert, in that solitary wasteland which is so burned up by the heat of the sun that it provides a dreadful habitation for the monks. I, who because of the fear of hell, had condemned myself to such a hell and who had nothing but scorpions and wild animals for company, often thought I was dancing in a chorus with girls. My face was pale from fast but my mind burned with passionate desires within my freezing body and the fires of sex seethed even though the flesh had already died in me as a man, end quote. I, I say this to say that if we fight addiction on one front only, building fences, we will never achieve lasting victory. Moralism will not give you freedom from addiction. This is where we need to fight addiction in the realm of the heart. Legalism only builds fences. Antinomianism, where we get rid of the law, it claims to guard the heart, but it doesn't. Both legalism and antinomianism are are distorted. Neither one gives victory. So let me get back all the way to the point that I was going to make here, and that is we need to correctly fight uh, on these two fronts, one of them is, uh, as we already saw, building fences, but the primary one is fighting on this front of our hearts. And here's the bottom line in changing our hearts. Your heart must love Jesus more than anything else or you will never find victory. I tell our people all the time at our church, in order to be satisfied, I need Jesus Christ plus what? And the answer to that question should be nothing. We substitute a lot of things in there. I need Jesus Christ plus uh, my fix. I need Jesus Christ plus uh, whatever it might be. And the real solution to finding freedom is having Jesus plus nothing satisfies me. Uh, I know, I realize that when we're talking about this idea of addiction, we're talking how, how to fight these battles in our own hearts. We, we crave to hear something new and something profound, but just remember that in theology, new things are usually heretical things. Changing your heart 
and fighting, finding freedom over addiction really involves normal Christian sanctification. It involves Matthew twenty two thirty seven, where Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. It involves eating, drinking, and sleeping Bible. This is a lifestyle of the pursuit of God. It is a life that yearns for God. It is a life that digs through scripture and longs for prayer and loves God's community called the church. I want us to just look at a couple verses that help us see the reality of this. Psalm uh, chapter 4, verse 7. I love this verse. We read this, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. You have put more joy in my heart and put whatever you want in place of the grain and wine there. Put whatever your idol is. So so you have put more joy in my heart than when I view pornography on my phone. You put more joy in my heart than when I pursue the drug. You put more joy in my heart than when I whatever it is. You will never find freedom from addiction until you can say that, until you can put um, more joy, until, until you realize that God gives you more joy than anything else this world has to offer. We also read Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God is to be our supreme Delight, Philippians 3.8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Everything, including my addiction, is to be considered rubbish because Jesus Christ is more valuable. Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Having God as my shepherd means I won't lack anything. I will not have a deficiency in any way with God as my shepherd. God fulfills my desires better than any substance will. And the last verse I want to look at is Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Hope for the addict is found really in tasting the Lord and seeing that he is good and having our eyes brighten, having our eyes open when we taste God and we and we realize, God, you are more satisfying than anything else I could ever want. And when I realize that, I won't want to go back to the things that formerly pleased me. I'll look at those and say, wow, that is just really uh, worthless. God is so good. He calls us to taste him. And I'm not saying that this is an overnight thing. I'm not saying all of a sudden you start just delighting in God in one minute and then all of a sudden just everything is I realize that this is this is long and this is hard. But as you slowly cultivate a life pattern centered around the word of God, your taste buds will begin to change and you will long for him more and more. And really the call here is that we pursue God above everything else and delight in him. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.